the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Flows. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, Happy New Year. Everyone has been looking forward to the start of 2021, a brand new year with a promise of changes for the better. 2020 has got us all worn out. It started out very well, but everything was okay at the start. But then the next time, the next time we looked around, we we're dealing with a pandemic, total confusion reigns, and our world turns upside down. As the death toll rises, initially in New York City, uh, the, then the economy uh, shuts down in March and April due to the uh, government direction. Then the stock market is battered, uh, ending the longest bull market in history, followed by the sharpest sell-off and the shortest bear market in history. And we finally have gotten back to on our feet again, and now we're standing at the gateway to 2021. So thank goodness we can we can put 2020 behind us. In 2021, <clears throat> the vaccinations of the population should conquer the coronavirus and hopefully allow all of us to return to normalcy by let's say mid to late summer. By Valentine's Day, uh, sometime towards the end of middle or end of February. The number of new cases and deaths could be on a definite downward path, and will be finally be, we will be beating the virus. 
About that time, the economy will catch on due to the optimism and the preparation for the real recovery. And during all this time, the Federal Reserve will keep the interest rates low, and the government will also pass another fiscal stimulus package. And all the other countries around the world will be doing basically the same thing to rejuvenate their economies. Apart from the hopeful predictions of us returning to normalcy soon, well, not soon, in the, in the summertime, we still have the ev- everyday tasks to contend with. One On Monday, it's back to work we go. And now that the holidays are over, we have to pay attention to the uh, those things that the holidays have distracted us from. And at home, uh, the weather has basically forced us inside. So now we have the time to finish all those smaller miscellaneous jobs that weren't important when we had other things to do. I Things like uh, organizing the garage or the basement, uh, putting away the holiday decorations, uh, you know, finishing those small jobs around the house, organizing the income tax file, you know, because the, uh, April 15th is coming up, and uh, planning for the jobs that we're going to start in the springtime, like the landscaping and the painting of the house and things of this nature. While we're inside, we can keep track of what's happening in the economy and what that means for our investments. And what does all this mean for our investments? Well, this week, equity markets were positive in the U.S., Europe, and everywhere around the globe. Uh, Part of that was due to the Christmas spirit, but with a major lift from massive monetary and fiscal stimulus around the globe. In Europe, And the U.K., Brexit is now official. It happened December 31st at 11 o'clock at night. According to the Financial Times, uh, British lawmakers approved historic free trade agreement with the European Union, an unsurprising but important step in cementing the uh, U.K.'s departure from the bloc after more than 40 years as one of the biggest member states The 1,246-page legal text uh, agreed between uh, London and Brussels on Christmas Eve was ratified by the House of Commons, uh, Parliament's lower house, by uh, uh, 521 to 73 votes, and that was after only six hours of debate on Wednesday. Queen Elizabeth gave her formal assent to the legislation at around midnight, and that was the final step in the UK's legislative uh, process. So it's official. Uh, the tight timetable reflected the need to ratify the agreement before the end of the year, and the accord setting out the uh, UK's future relationship with the uh, uh, European Union is, in fact, three separate agreements. Uh, there's the free trade accord. Where goods uh, uh, goods can move back and forth uh, across the borders between the uh, UK and the European Union. Uh, there is an issue there with regard to the service part of the industry that's still being worked on. So that's the free trade accord is one part. The other part is uh, uh, agreements on mutual security, and the other part is the uh, agreements regarding nuclear power. So the pact goes into effect provisionally. 
uh, went into effect January 1st uh, because of the, and that's provisionally because the European Parliament hasn't had time to scrutinize it yet. Uh, the treaty has also been backed by prominent conservative, conservative ecocentrics, uh, Eurocentrics, whose uh, uh, decades-long crusade against e- European Union membership was central to bringing about Brexit. I am Duncan Smith, who was a former uh, Conservative Party leader, said the treaty brings back power to Britain's elected representatives in London from officials in Brussels. Uh, of uh, Britain's European allies, he said, quote, for too long, we moved into the same house with them, and we didn't get along. <laughs> and we're now just going to move next door and be good neighbors, good friends, and good allies, unquote. So uh, that's in the financial times. So it's official now. In addition, uh, this past week, the European Union leaders and, and China agreed in principle on an investment accord. And that's after seven years of negotiation uh, that promised to open new Chinese markets for European com- companies. And uh, uh, the, they've been talking about it for the longest period of time. But I think the things that uh, they looked at is the agreement uh, between the United States and China. And they modeled it after that particular agreement in terms of uh the uh, forced transfer of uh, intellectual property and uh, coercion by the uh, state uh, uh, companies against uh, the foreign companies and things of this nature. Even though it's just an agreement in principle, it still has to be fleshed out, and that'll take quite a while. And People are very skeptical as to how far you can trust the the, uh, Chinese government. Uh, in the U.S., the vaccine continues to provide optimism that the uh, coronavirus will be beaten. Uh, we finally see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not another train, which is always good news. Uh, three cheers for the the two approved vaccines, the Pfizer-BioNTech, uh, uh, that's one of them, and the Moderna. And hopefully another one is the AstraZeneca uh, that hasn't been uh, approved yet by the United States. It's been approved by Great Britain. And uh, uh, But this week, uh, a major problem suddenly appeared in this uh, with regard to the virus. Uh, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention announced on Wednesday that just under 2.6 million people in the country had been vaccinated so far. The vaccination started on the, uh, December 14th, and uh, uh, so we got 2.6 million people vaccinated, and there were 12.4 million doses that had been distributed. And uh, senior Trump administration officials said uh, the U.S. will end the year having vaccinated far fewer people against coronavirus than hoped. Officials admitted that the States used only about one-fifth of the doses that they were given in the past three weeks. So officials had aimed to distribute enough doses 
to vaccinate 20 million people at the end of the year, but it was basically there were two problems. They recently admitted that they were not likely to hit that target until early uh, January because of underestimating how long it would take to perform the quality control checks on the manufacturing doses. And that's uh, uh, a case where the uh, the, uh, the, armed, uh, ge- the uh, Army general uh, who was in charge of the logistics of getting it out to the uh, state, uh, he took blame for that in terms of uh, not having uh, all the information when they put the plans together. But that's only a small part of it. There's a much bigger part, a much, and that's getting the vaccines to the people once they've been manufactured and sent out to the states. Uh, the federal government is getting the vaccine shipments to the 50 states, maybe a little later than uh, normal, but then the states are not prepared to complete the vaccinations according to uh, schedule. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal article, uh, public health officials in, in states say under the, uh, the effort is lagging for several reasons, beginning with the holiday season, which kept the staff of hospitals and nursing homes away from work. They also note that they're facing a higher percentage of people, including some healthcare workers who are skeptical of taking the shots. Uh, they go on to indicate that hospitals and other sites are staggering appointments to avoid uh, pulling too many workers from caring for patients amid a uh, nationwide surge in uh, COVID-19 cases. So the administration of the vaccine has, has taken more time than a typical flu shot, particularly since they're being done in a socially distant way and may be uh, preceded by a COVID-19 test. I didn't understand that last part. I don't know why they're giving you a vaccine and a test for the virus at the same time, but uh, in addition, people who receive vaccines are being monitored for at least 15 minutes in case of allergic reactions, and there have been at least 11 allergic reactions to the COVID vaccines that have been reported, according to the uh, Center for Disease Control, although no serious safety concerns have been found, and that goes along with the uh, results from the clinical trials. So. Uh, you know, so far the vaccine, so far the vaccinations are running at about uh, 10% of the scheduled pace. In other words, they were due to get out uh, uh, 20 million cases by the end of the month, and they got 2.3 million. Uh, you know, maybe 20%. You're running at about 20% of the schedule, and that's a big problem. And while there are ex- excuses, uh, these vaccinations have to be done on schedule. Otherwise, the nation won't get back to normal until God knows when, maybe the end of 2021. So basically, time is of the essence, and the states have to get themselves organized uh, to get this uh, vaccine to the hospitals uh, and where it's going to be used for the vaccination of people. So they've got to get the, the people uh, aligned and they got to get the people notified that they're going to get vaccinated 
and uh, they got to get these vaccinations uh, finished. You're looking at this thing like a, a project, a critical project. Uh, you've got a dead hob on the critical path here now, and the problem basically has to be fixed now. Uh, the, the, the idea here is to get the vaccinations done so that we can uh, uh, get a uh, conquer this virus and uh, get the economy back to work again. Uh, one of the one of the uh, uh, things that happened this week uh, was that the stock markets were in good shape. They uh, they rose up on basically good news in the sense that a uh, big con- contributor to the equity gains this week was the president signing that nine hundred billion dollar. Uh, coronavirus relief bill on Sunday. Uh, that was last Sunday he signed it, and he he also signed that 1.4 trillion dollar omnibus appropriations bill. The 900 billion dollar stimulus is viewed as the bridge from here to the middle of March, and at that time the effects of the vaccine should be visible in conquering the virus, and. Uh, Consumers and investors' confidence and optimism uh, should carry the economy basically into the summer. And uh, hopefully, at that particular point in time, life begins, uh, nor- becomes normal again. But, uh, and if other problems appear between now and uh, March, then the Biden administration is talking about another fiscal stimulus package. Uh, what you're seeing here is that the the plan uh, really pivots around getting these vaccinations done uh, on this schedule of uh, you know picking up the pace. We're doing we're running at about twenty percent of the scheduled pace right now. So uh, the states have to get this thing turned around and get it organized. Otherwise, the uh, the economy won't be, the population won't be back to normal, and the economy won't be back to normal. Uh, talking about that $900 billion stimulus package, uh, we've been talking about that since uh, probably June or July, and they've been negotiating it, and they finally got it to the point where uh, they reached agreement, and uh uh, President Trump signed off on it, uh, like I said, uh, Sunday night. Uh, what it contains is direct payments of uh, $600 for each adult and uh, for each dependent under age 17, and that's basically tax-free money. Uh, jobless aids for of, uh, $300 a week in federal unemployment subsidy, in addition to the usual state unemployment benefit. And uh, that's going to be available through uh, March 14th. And then you've got the rental assistance for tenants uh, behind in their rent. And uh, this extends the uh, federal eviction prohibition until the end of January. And uh, just to put a number on some of these things that I'm talking about, the direct $600 payments to individuals is worth $166 billion. And uh, there was a, oh, there was a, uh, a 
uh, a commotion with regard to raising that to $2,000 from uh, $600. And uh, uh, that particular aspect would cost about another $400 billion to do that. So uh, that was tabled and uh, we're going forward with the 600. And uh, of the 900 billion, 166 billion will go for that direct payments. 120 billion will go for the uh, uh, unemployment, the $300 a week unemployment. $25 billion will go for the rental assistance. then you'll have uh, child care grants for child care providers, and that's worth $10 billion. And then you have schools uh, for public and private uh, K-12 through schools, as well as colleges. They'll get uh, uh, $82 billion. And then you've got uh, $325 billion for the payroll protection plan. They're going to... Uh, uh, reactivate it, and uh, in that particular plan, there involves forgivable loans from the Small Business Administration. Uh, if, as uh, long as the money is used to pay workers and utilities and rent, uh, there's going to be limits uh, on this new plan versus the original plan because of some complaints. So they modified the plan, but. It's in there, part of the three, part of nine hundred billion dollars, and then you've got uh, uh, fifteen billion dollars for airlines to cover uh, uh, salaries and benefits until the end of March, and then you've got twenty billion dollars for vaccines and distribution of vaccines. So uh, that is a, that was a big part of your. Uh, uh, rally this particular week in the stock market. So the things that are missing there, there's money for uh, banks. There's $12, $12 billion for the banks. There's $15 billion for uh, keeping uh, uh, live entertainment venues uh, 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 from going bankrupt. There's money for the farms. That's another $12 billion. There's money for rail and transit. That's one billion, and uh, and uh, there's fourteen billion dollars for uh, rail and transit. There's one billion dollars for Amtrak, and then you've got uh, uh, the Postal Service gets uh, uh, ten billion dollars too. So uh, all in all, it's a, it's a big stimulus package, and and the the concept is. Uh, we need something to get us from now till March 14th. And uh, uh, what we're going to be seeing in this whole operation is uh, the uh, Federal Reserve is going to be keeping the interest rates as low as uh, they are right now. And there is some concern about inflation, but uh, the what the... Uh, uh, the uh, experts are saying is that the inflation, even if it does appear or appear in different categories, it won't be an overall inflation. And the, uh, the Federal Reserve will probably keep its policies uh, the same 
until probably the middle of uh, 2022. So uh, if, if inflation picks up in certain areas, they'll just disregard it. That's according to the Wall Street Journal and the, and the Bloomberg. And uh, uh, so the idea here is to, and also uh, the new administration, the Biden's administration, uh, he uh, is talking about another uh, uh, fiscal stimulus. And uh, so this package is $900 billion. This is from here to March. Hopefully the, the uh, vaccinations will pick up speed. They have to pick up speed. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll begin to show some optimism in winning this war against uh, the, the uh, coronavirus uh, in maybe uh, March time frame. And at that particular point, uh, is the new stimulus, the stimulus that uh, the new administration is talking about might not be necessary, but uh, uh, it's good to know that it's coming if it is necessary. So we'll have the... Uh, help from the Federal Reserve and keeping the interest rates rates low and also at the same time we'll have the uh, stimulus from from for now and uh, if we take a look at uh, the stimulus that the government has provided fiscal stimulus that the government has provided so far uh, in March they provided two and a half trillion dollars and now they've provided another almost $1 trillion. So we're talking approximately $3.5 trillion worth of uh, uh, stimulus here to get this economy uh, back on its tracks so that there isn't any uh, long recession uh, that, that drags the unemployment out forever. So uh, this is basically it, it's good news for the the economy, the vaccinations, the vaccines, the uh, monetary stimulus, the uh, the fiscal stimulus, all of this fits together into getting this this country and this economy back on track again. So uh, it's reasonably good news, and it's a good start to uh, hopefully a good year. Uh, this is the. Jim McAleese, uh, we're talking about the big picture here, but we don't talk about, we can talk about your uh, personal financial plans, and uh, you give us a call with regard to your plans, uh, or even your suggestions, uh, through our toll-free number, it's 1-888-281-1110, that's 1-888-281-1110. Now stay tuned. Uh, We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. 
Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. You know, we talked about the the big picture, and let's talk about uh, uh, housing now and the economy. And uh, basically, if you remember, the, uh, the housing sector, the economy, has basically been on fire. Uh, with regard to uh, new home construction, as well as uh, existing home sales and things of this nature. So uh, people uh, basically want to get out of the uh, apartments and uh, into uh, homes in the suburbs. So uh, one of the places we look at is uh, the Case-Shiller Home Price Index, and that's... uh, uh, basically focused on existing home prices. And last week, the uh, uh, the National Association of Home Realtors, uh, uh, real estate uh, of realtors, uh, they continue to report that uh, median single-family home prices increased 15.1%, uh, average nationally, uh, because of the, uh, the smaller supply of uh, homes for sale, and uh, they conclude that people aren't moving uh, like they did 10 years ago. And other sort of... Oh, okay. Let's, uh, let's go to the phones right now. Hello, this is Jim McAleese. Uh, Jean, can I help you? Hi, Jim. Thanks Hello. for taking my call. Uh, I work at a large company, and I have great health insurance there. But when I turn 65, uh, what, what do I do about Medicare? Okay. Do I have to sign uh, up or what? Just it's, a, it's a good question because uh, when you get ready for retirement, uh, when you're 65 years old and getting ready for retirement, one of the, the health care and Medicare uh, are uh, really, really important uh, issues. For instance, uh, I'll have some of my clients talk about uh, uh, I'm going to retire at 62 or something like that when uh, they can get on the Social Security, but then they don't realize that hey, uh, you won't have free, uh, you won't have reasonable medical care until you get on Medicaid at uh, age 65. So, uh, what you have to do, Gene, uh, before you turn 65. Talk to your uh, human resources department. A lot of these, uh, in the old days, there used to be a department there. In a lot of cases today, you have a a website. And uh, 
they will probably tell you to sign up for Medicare Part A, but not Part B. In other words, I'm assuming you're still going to be working there, continue working there. And uh, what you do is uh, uh, Medicare Part A covers for the uh, hospital costs and for uh, and, and uh, you or your spouse have been and you've been paying for this thing since, I think, 1964, and that's part of your payroll tax. That's part of the 15.3% that you pay. Uh, your your employer pays half of it, and you pay the other half. But uh, out of the 15.3%, uh, 2.9% of that uh, goes for Medicare. And uh, so you got your Medicare Part A, and that's basically free, although you've been paying for it since 1964. And then you got your Medicare Part B, uh, which is for the doctor visits and the outpatient services, and is generally a monthly premium of 100, approximately 145 dollars a month. Uh, but it can be greater than, can be much greater than that, depending upon your income. And uh, uh, there's also a, a Medicare Part D, uh, which is the drug uh, part of Medicare. And uh, uh, most large organizations will require you to take the uh, Medicare Part A. Yeah, because basically, if you take a look at the health insurance costs, uh, your company is basically paying about... Uh, uh, $8,000 a year for a single uh, person's uh, health insurance and, and basically $14,000 a year for a family uh, health insurance. And then they may be uh, passing part of that uh, cost along to the uh, employee. But these are fairly big numbers. And uh, if the company can get you on... Uh, Medicare as your primary insurance rather than this insurance, why the company's premiums will go, uh, they'll get much lower uh, for what they're providing. So, and uh, so, but this is different for every company. So, what you have to do is talk to your HR department and say, hey, I'm going to continue working, but I'm going to be eligible for Medicare. So what do they uh, recommend that you do? And uh, like I said, they'll probably recommend that you go for the Part A, but not for the Part B. And uh, the enrollment period for the Part A begins about three months before the month you turn seventy or turn sixty-five, and it continues for three months after uh, your birthday month. So. Sign up early so your coverage can start on the first day of the uh, you turn 65, and you can delay uh, taking uh, Medicare Part B uh, beyond age 65 without any penalty if you do have group life insurance from an employer that has uh, uh, 20 or more employees for whom uh, you or your spouse are still working. this isn't uh, part of your question, but if you work for a company that, that didn't provide health insurance uh, or has fewer than 20 employees, 
or if you're self-employed, then you need to sign up for both Medicare Parts A and B uh, three months before your 65th birthday. So what you do is go talk, take a look and uh, talk to your human resource people and uh, find out what you're supposed to do, get that squared away. And uh, like I say, you'll probably be on, they'll probably recommend that you go on Medicare Part E, Part A, and uh, they'll continue with your, so you'll be on Medicare Part A, and they'll continue with the rest of your health insurance. And then when you finally do retire from that company, then you've got about uh, uh, a short period of time to get on to Medicare uh, Part B. So, okay, Gene. Uh, okay. Talk to the talk to your human resources department. Get the straight story. Uh, different companies have different requirements. It is a very important part about uh, uh, protecting your uh, health care uh, when you're getting older, strictly because it's uh, uh, a very expensive uh, item that we're talking about here. Uh, a lot of people look at the healthcare and they say, "Well, they're only the company's only taking out so much uh, uh, pay for this healthcare." But again, I'll go back to what I said before: you, the, the company is probably looking at eight thousand uh, dollars per person for healthcare and fourteen thousand dollars if there's a family plan involved. So it's a it's a big issue. So good luck. Thanks for the uh, thanks for calling. You have a happy new year now. Okay. This is you Jim Take care now. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Show. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. As I was saying before with regard to uh, the National Association of Realtors, uh, they, they what they're seeing is that uh, houses are moving and prices are going up. And uh, one point, and they mentioned that prices nationally are going up to the tune of 15.1% in terms of the median house prices, but then you've got all sorts of, of uh, different prices around the uh, nation. You know, the, the real estate, the old saying is real estate is location, location, location. So uh, the, the houses, the median house price in California is probably about twice uh, what the median house price is uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, but uh, and you're not getting twice as much house for that money. You're just getting, you're just having to pay through the nose for the, I guess, for the sunshine and, and uh, uh, views of the Pacific Ocean. I don't know what you're paying for, but uh, they, there is another group that's the uh, Standard & Poor uh, Case Shiller uh, Home Price Survey, and uh, they've got data that goes back to 30 years. And what they do is uh, they track monthly the price of a typical single-family home 
in what they do is, is talk about 20 metropolitan areas around the United States. And uh, uh, in, in the Cleveland is one of them that, that they track. And the latest results for October shows that the uh, Cleveland area home prices have gone up 9.5% in the last 12 months. Uh, Denver went up 7% over the last 12 months. And Washington, D.C. Uh, went up 8.2% for the last 12 months. So the important part is that the Cleveland metropolitan area, uh, that's not just got, not just Cleveland itself. It's the whole uh, Cleveland, parts of the Lorraine County, parts of Medina County, Summit County, uh, all the way around uh, the uh, Cleveland area. Uh, home prices have gone up uh, 9.5% according to the Case-Shiller Home Price Index. And uh, the, uh, if you take a look at what's happened in the average of the 20 metropolitan areas, it's gone up 7.9% uh, uh, for the areas. And uh, if you take a look at the national numbers from Case-Shiller, the home prices have gone up 8.4%. Now, different areas of the country go up at different uh, percentages. For instance, like Seattle, that's hot right now. Uh, they've gone up 11.7% in the last 12 months. San Francisco's gone up 7.7%. So we're doing better uh, over the last year than San Francisco. Of course, their numbers are sky high to begin with. And then Tampa has gone up 8.6%. Uh, so one of the things that uh, uh, the uh, Craig Lazara, who is the managing director and global head of the index investment strategies at Standard & Poor's Dow Jones Indices said, quote, the surprising strength we noted in last month's report uh, continued into October's home prices. Uh, the National Composite Index gained 8.4% relative to its uh, level a year ago. And uh, the housing market strength also rose more rapidly in October than it did in uh, September. The housing market strength was once again broadly based. All 19 cities that we have October data for rose, and all 19 uh, gained more in the 12-month ending October than they had gained in the 12-month ending in September. So the Case-Shiller information that 9.5% uh, for Cleveland, uh, Cleveland metropolitan area, uh, that's for October, and uh, what you're saying is that the increases are the increases are increasing each month. So the November uh, information that I presented was from the National Association of Home Realtors. That was 15.1 percent for November. Now this information is, is uh, uh, nationally. It's supposed to be 8.4 percent over the last 12 months and 9.5% for the Cleveland area. So we might, next month, we might see these numbers jump up again. 
and uh, uh, he continues on, uh, Craig Lazaro continues on, he says, quote, we've noted before that a trend of accelerating increases in the National Composite Index began in August of 2019, but it was interrupted in May and June as the COVID-related restrictions produced uh, a deceleration in home prices. Since June, our monthly readings have shown accelerating growth in home prices, and October's results emphatically emphasize that trend. The last time that the National Composite matched this uh, 8.4 growth rate was more than six and a half years ago in March of 2014. So uh, home prices are definitely going up, and... uh, uh, which is good news if you're uh, selling and bad news if you're buying. But uh, the thing is driving it is that uh, there aren't that many houses for sale and the demand is way up there. There aren't that many houses for sale because people are moving uh, like they used to. And also another part of it is the COVID. People don't want uh, people traipsing through their houses, inspecting their houses in the middle of an uh, the pandemic. So right now, existing home sales, the inventory is about two and a half months of uh, the, at, the, at the present sales rate. It's about two and a half months, which it actually should be in the order of uh, five or six months in a normal market. But this is not a normal housing market now. Uh, the interest rates, the 30-year interest rates are down to 2.7-something uh, percent. And uh, people want to get out of the apartments and uh, being close to other people. And they want to get into the suburbs with a little land and a little distance between their neighbors. So that's the situation we're looking at right now. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one. 1- 888-281-1110. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get This Show. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Now, there is another article from the National Association of Realtors. It talks about uh, pending home sales. It indicates that pending home sales declined in November compared to uh, October. Uh, but, excuse me, compared to a year ago, uh, they're still up. In other words, the pending home sales uh, index is a, it's a forward-looking indicator of home sales based upon contract signing, and it fell 2.6% in November, uh, but year-over-year year, contract signing uh, climbed 16.4%. So, obviously, a good good this is a good year uh, for home sales, uh, an index of 100 is equal to the level of the contract activity in 2001. So, a, basically, a sale is listed as pending 
when the contract is signed, but the transaction hasn't uh, cleared yet. In other words, it basically uh, people sign contracts to buy homes and, uh, you know, subject to inspection or subject to uh, uh, credit, getting the uh, mortgage money, things of this nature. And sometimes those uh, uh, sales fall through. But uh, here we say a sale is listed as pending when the contract is signed, but the transaction has not yet cleared. So uh, the, the pending sales will probably clear in uh, January or February. So uh, according to the National Association of Realtors, Chief Economist Lawrence Young, he says, the latest monthly monthly decline is largely due to the shortage of inventory and fast-rising home prices. Uh, it's important to keep in mind that the current sales and prices are far stronger than they were a year ago. He continues, uh, the market is incredibly swift this winter with listed homes going under contract on average at, at less than a month and that's basically due to the backlog of buyers wanting to take advantage of record low rates, unquote. He then continues that uh, predicts a favorable outcome in the housing market in the coming year. According to his 2021 projections, there will be a slight upward rise in mortgage rates to around 3% from the current 2.7%. Existing home sales are expected uh, to increase uh, uh, roughly 10%. And uh, uh, to increase roughly 10% in new home sales, increased by 20% next year. He estimated that economic growth is guaranteed from the stimulus package and from vaccine distributions. Uh, but uh, high government borrowers put modest uh, pressure on the interest rates. So uh, that's that's where that's the housing uh, picture. This is Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, let's talk about the uh, unemployment. Uh, basically, the the uh, uh, March and April uh, collapse in the economy uh, led to about uh, 60 million people have uh, applied for unemployment. Most of the people have gone back to work. And but the number of people who apply uh, each month is way up there. Each week, basically, is way up there. And uh, for for this past week, uh, the unemployment benefits that uh, were applied for uh, totaled seven hundred seven hundred eighty seven thousand, and that was a nineteen thousand uh, drop from the previous week. 
and that's for December 19th through uh, December 26th. And uh, uh, if we take a look at how many people we do have on um, unemployment benefits right now, there are from month to month, week to week, there are 5,219,000 workers that are on continuing unemployment benefits. And uh, that's basically down 103,000 from the previous week. And if you take a look at the Ohio numbers, uh, it's approximately 180,000 of this 5.2 million. And uh, what you're seeing there is that the 5.2 million workers are continuing unemployment. That number should be approximately 1.5 million if the economy was a a normal economy. Uh, Other data from the U.S. Department of Commerce suggests that a slowdown in the economy with uh, basically household spending uh, declining four-tenths of a percent in November and households' income falling 1.1% in November. In addition, we're having uh, companies are having problems with the absenteeism problem, and that continues to get worse with the uh, Department of Labor reporting that almost one and a half million workers are absent from their jobs in November because of illness. Uh, that's going to continue until basically the vaccinations uh, start pushing the virus uh, cases down. And uh, uh, what you're looking at is it, it's between the uh, between the between the absenteeism, uh, rehiring, uh, letting people go, and rehiring them. Uh, taking the time to uh, uh, clean the facilities and uh, disinfect the facilities. All these things are really causing uh, uh, companies to jump through the hoops in terms of keeping their uh, production going. It's very it's become, becoming extremely uh, more difficult. And again, we boil, it boils down to looking back at the uh, vaccination rates and saying, okay, uh, you know, everybody acclaimed the vaccines as being a wonderful thing that we could produce effective vaccines in a short period of time. And uh, but now they, they, they're getting them distributed, but they're not getting the vaccinations done. And basically that is the critical path right now. You've got to get that vaccine into people in order to be able to stop this uh, virus. And that's an that's uh, issue that has to be uh, addressed. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, okay, we do have a problem, and uh, it is a critical problem. And I'm sure the people in the, the governments, the state governments, are looking at it and trying to figure out how to solve it. And it'll be a case of, uh, let's see what happens. Let's see how they picked up the pace next week and see if they're on their path to resolving this particular problem. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. 
As we look forward to the new year, we all make resolutions about what we're going to do. But they'll be difficult to keep, but in most cases, they'll be worthwhile. But first, you have to identify what you want to change and then decide to do it. When we were young, we had dreams and expectations. We imagined things. We kept thinking about what we wanted to be and what we wanted to do and what we would become. Well, we grew up and achieved some of these dreams. We accepted our success or our failure, and we moved on. The rapid change, the need to do the urgent things, the work, the pressures and the failures, all kill part of our visions. Things have changed, but they cannot really take away the dreams. We still have to dream on, to visualize our desires, our wants, our vision of the future, even when we're considered too old for such things. Colonel Sanders started his business when he was 60 years old. The main thing is not the age, whether being too old or too young, but it's the desire to dream on and the courage to do it. So what you do is visualize your goals. You think about them often, talk about them, Make a commitment to your goals, and the ability to dream on is one of the finest qualities of the human race. So dream on, make a plan, set a deadline, make it a big plan or a tiny plan, and then follow it and achieve your dream, your goal. And when you become frustrated and tired, don't give up on your dream. Don't walk away. Don't say, well, I tried, but uh, what you do is don't try to do. These are words that we should all live by and keep on doing until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Slow. So let's make this a happy and prosperous new year and may God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. 2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.